Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Happy Monday, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. Today's guest is the embodiment of dreaming bigger and is so incredibly inspirational. We talk about how to achieve your goals, break out of mental blocks, and so much more. But before I introduce you to her, I want to tell you about my favorite tool to fight anxiety, Arrays Calm Alchemy Capsules. So we all have those days when we're overwhelmed and just have like a million and one things to do. I like to take Arrays Calm Alchemy Capsules when I'm super stressed during the day. I take one and two if I want to go to bed and just have a really restful sleep at night. Use the code DREAMBIGGER at checkout for 10% off. Okay, so let's talk about today's guest. Carlin Purcell is a neurolife coach. Basically, she helps you break through mental blocks and negative narratives to achieve your dreams. But it's all rooted in science and how the brain works. Carlin also created the Success Planner, which is a planner that starts at the beginning of the year and basically helps you achieve your goals for both business and personal life. It's really, really cool, and I've never seen anything else on the market like it. She'll explain what exactly it is in the episode, and we're also going to give two of them away. To enter the giveaway, head over to the Success Planner's Instagram page, and on the latest picture, tell us your biggest goal for 2020. I'll leave the link to the Instagram page in the show notes. Also, Carlin is offering 10% off the Success Planner to podcast listeners. To head, so head over to her website, which I'm going to leave in the show notes, and enter the code DREAMBIGGER at checkout. And now, without further ado, let's welcome Carlin to the Dream Bigger podcast. Okay, so Carlin, tell me about your background. Huh, my background, where do I start? <laughs> um, I was born and raised in St. Lucia. Uh, I'm an island girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, my entire childhood um, growing up was around uh, lush green vegetation. I often tell people that I had the most romantic childhood ever because I grew up in the bush. So I had the Cinderella talking to the birds and bees and at night. Oh my God. <laughs> and at night, you know, hanging out in the fireflies and so forth because uh, where we grew up, we didn't have any electricity, no running water. Wow. Yeah. So I did my homework by candlelight um, or kerosene lamp, depending on what we had. And then I loved reading because that was my only entertainment other than the fireflies and, you know, all the other night creatures that come out. Butterflies <laughs> and the bees and all yes. the animals. <laughs> um, you know, my mom 
was always like, stop wasting the candles and stop wasting the kerosene lamp, go to sleep. Um, so, so my background, you know, it started there, like in terms of contacts. And I moved to Toronto in 2003, yeah, to Canada. Um, main reason I wanted to go back to school, I wanted to continue my education um, in the Caribbean. We wouldn't have a, in St. Lucia, we don't have a university. Um, they have colleges and so forth. And I did a few courses online, but I really wanted to do more. And I worked with Scotiabank down in St. Lucia as well. Um, I was a teller, then I was a customer service rep. Any role you can think of within the bank, I did it because, again, in a small island, there isn't that many roles you can do. And I was getting bored pretty quickly. So I moved to Toronto to finish my education and um, I continued working at the bank here. Um, and that led me to. Uh, my entire move, I would say, shaped what I'm doing right now because entering the workplace as a black immigrant woman, I just thought that, oh, all the different cultural conditioning and programming and things that I learned growing up, my value system, belief system, it will serve me here and I'll do great because I really I did great back home. I was a um, high performer really great network of friends, very active in the community. Um, and when I moved here, the transition was was a little bit more difficult. Um, uh, just trying to find my place, um, going through the sexism, the racism, discrimination, all those little things that no one tells you about. Well, I mean, growing up in the Caribbean is not really a thing because uh, St. Lucia is really diverse. The Caribbean is really diverse. It's like a melting pot. We have people from everywhere. So we literally grew up with our neighbors, whether they're um, East Asian, South Asian, like all different sorts of nationalities all throughout so um it, it always felt like oh we don't i don't want to say we, it's not that we don't see color but it was just much more of a community and then right. you come up here and um you don't see yourself represented you don't really um have access to mentorship or sponsorship uh, you realize there's a lot of privilege um that's assigned to different people especially on, in the corporate world especially in the corporate world there's a lot of nepotism there's a lot of like so you learn quickly that oh it's a different race it's a different fight and you have to and i was and suited up for it so I guess you can see uh, the journey to finding my place to belong on Bay Street led me to um, first of course there was the burnout the depression and everything else <laughs> and then I came on the other side of that because I wanted to get answers for a lot of the things that I was struggling with um, so I got interested about you know the brain and how it works why is it there are days when I wake up I'm good to go I'm ready to go I'm armed with um, my intentions for the day and that saw me through I was able to dodge or in some cases deal with whatever came at me and I was still able to stay true to my intention in terms of doing great work and holding on to my attitude my mood and, and, and what I wanted the end of day to look like but other days I just couldn't other days just walking into the building alone uh, triggered me and set me off and there is this weight that um, until I saw research from Catalyst it's a not-for-profit um, research-based organization and they focus on um, creating workspaces that work for women. Um, and they did a paper called uh, on emotional tax. And that was the first time um, I had language to explain what I was going through. And emotional tax talks to uh, the extra pressure and being on guard uh, that people of color pay in terms of our gender, our race, um, ethnicity, um, the fact that you have to code switch, there's othering, you have to kind of cover in terms of who you are in order for you to fit in. So it's more of a how do you fit into the culture versus can you show up as your authentic self? Well, no, because the workplace is not set up for us to thrive. Right. So, so that led me to 
put in language and with that language I was able to further understand okay so emotions actually reside in the body we get triggered when we see things the brain receives information this way so that led me down the road it was really I was trying to figure out how the hell do I fix my life yeah, <laughs> really yeah. and that led me to get in certifications and all those different um, school of thoughts and transformational tools to really change my life so from banking you go to I guess the the terminology for what you do it's a neural life coach is that yes, correct your life coach so yeah. what like explain like just to someone who has no idea what is a neural life coach what do you do like take us through like A to Z <laughs> <laughs> well in short what we do is that we focus uh, it's life coaching like we guide you towards helping you to create to find a hope in your life to make sure that your values are in alignment with your purpose and and your end result but what we do that we do that with the brain in mind so from the neuro perspective we look at the impact that um, emotions um, the mind the brain has on our day-to-day because the brain is involved in every single thing we do so for our clients we provide solutions that is based on those neuro based strategies neuro based uh, modalities and, and and worksheets and insights and guidance so that they're doing the work from the place that matters the most because if you are trying to change your life and you don't understand how the brain works it will work but it will take a whole lot longer for you to get there so with our neuro-based strategies we actually design our strategies our workflows our worksheets with the brain in mind so we're actually going straight to the source so we're coming from that point of understanding and then we help people to transform their lives from that from from that set point so if someone is looking to make a big change in their life whether it be like career or in their business like they're really looking to grow like what are a few actionable tips you'd give them like how would you go about approaching someone like that I would say the first thing is don't try to change your whole life right away. <laughs> the brain does not like um, uh, dealing with huge changes all at once. It will literally shut down on you and it will put you into this uh, like a fear-based zone where you will get overwhelmed and you won't do anything. Right. So we often tell clients start small. So I often liken transformation to like renovating your home, for example. Uh-huh. Um, if you renovate your entire home all at once, you dig everything out. What happens? Where are you going to sleep? Where you're gonna stay yeah it would drive you crazy exactly you and, and also you're out room. on the streets right <laughs> and, and then you're worried about oh, this not done that not done same thing so your brain goes into this overwhelmed drive and then it shuts down so i often tell clients start with one room what is the most accessible room right now is it the bathroom start with the bathroom and when you get in the bathroom we're not doing the entire bathroom let's change the rug let's like take like take this rug put it out and put in a new rug or maybe you want to change the color of the wall. So let's paint one wall today. So same thing for your life. So if you're looking to, to make changes, um, and one of the um, systems that we've designed, it's actually in a journal called the Success Planner, and we focus on the five life pillars, and it's FFPPH. So we focus on family, financial, um, health and wellness, professional development and personal development, lifestyle and self-care. And um, so I would say to start with one of those pillars, what is the most pressing? uh, What is the biggest elephant you have in your life right now? That thing that you know you need to deal with, but you've been procrastinating because it's just going to take so much emotional labor out of you. So I would say start there. So if it's your finances, what is the first step? right? Start there. Um, Do you need to speak to someone or do you need to maybe just sit down and fully understand what's going on in all your bank accounts? Get a good idea of what are my numbers, whether you're in debt or it's something you need to pay off. So start really, really small because when you do that, uh, the brain works on a, one of the systems called, it's called chunking and chunking is about the bite size version of what you're trying to do. And when you do that, you increase your success rate by over a hundred percent. 
So again, doing transformation of the brain in mind, you are more likely to stay in alignment with your intended results and the purpose that you're trying to achieve. So, so basically, that, that'll be the first step. Little tips. Sorry, little little, little changes. Little change yeah. steps. So yeah, you still want to renovate the house, of course. Have your plan for the house. Have your end result. Like actually write the story of what the house will look like. Have the big vision. And then we do a work back schedule. We say, hey, we're going to start here with the bathroom and we're going to start with the rug or we're going to start with the paint. So we know you have to paint the wall. What are you going to do now? I'm going to go buy the paint. I'm going to buy the brush. And that is enough for today. Tomorrow, we start. Maybe we start priming or we start cleaning the baseboards. The following day, so every single day, give yourself just one small thing. Because one small thing, sorry. Because you have to teach your brain that you're ready for this change. And if you do too much too soon, like I said, it goes into the fear-based zone. And then you just go into um, um, procrastination. Or in some cases, you just end up doing nothing. And next thing you know, uh, you're repeating 20, 2019 in 2020. That's why a lot of people, when they set goals, if they don't follow this process, they end up repeating the previous year. Maybe a few changes but really you haven't really transformed much of your life so interesting and it's so true too because I do feel like you know if you feel like you need to do all of the things you just sort of get overwhelmed and then Mm -hmm. it all goes to shits essentially like you can't get anything done so definitely start small make those commitments and I like the idea of work back yeah and 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 the brain what's really cool about it too actually one of my um colleagues uh, he lives in Switzerland Ernesto um he's an NLP master coach and um mind performance coach and he because our brain we have neurons every single day we release a new neuron think of it as tiny little branches that you have on on on, right On, on your brain and he said that your neurons are like little workers in your brain you have to tell them what to do the brain is literally designed to work on our behalf but we have to program it for the life that we want it's not the other way around right you have to tell it what you want to do you have to program it that's why i'm pretty sure you've heard of affirmations and having a vision board and you know writing um your vision statement and sharing your goals with somebody having an accountability part these are all things that you can do but if you do it the right way then you can journey through your transformation journey uh, without the stress and the anxiety and the overwhelm there will be a little bit of stress because anytime you get outside of your comfort zone there will be resistance right because your brain is also lazy and it's designed to play small and to keep you safe so anything that's new it's like oh what is this oh i don't like what you're painting the wall green or you want to change your hair to do a different color no i like black hair you've had black hair your whole life this is what i'm used to and and the minute you do that change it's like whoa i don't know who that person is but this is where the visioning the writing the affirmation, saying your goals out loud, teaching your brain that, hey, here's what we're going. It's like you have to bring it with you on the journey. You're like, here's where we're going. Here's what I'm going to be wearing. Here's what I will look like. Here are the habits that will support this change that I want to do. Let's get on board. So make your neurons work for you because that's what it's designed to do. So you talk about affirmations. Um, First and foremost, to someone who doesn't know, what are affirmations? Affirmations is a, a, a statement, a mantra, um, uh, something that you repeat, a thought that you repeat um, daily. Give qu- me an example. Sing- like, for example, um, I am loved and supported. Right. So that's an affirmation that I often say, like if I find myself going into fear zone, um, I remind myself, no, I'm loved and supported. And then I look for the evidence of that uh, family who love me. Um, I have friends I know that I can count on. So an affirmation is, is, is like a belief system. It's a thought that you repeat, a mantra that you say over and over again um, that is in support of the life that you are creating. Um, and um, I often encourage clients to say it before you go to bed at night, because, again, those neurons overnight while you sleep, they were actually 
working. So they're connecting dots. They're working on your behalf. Um, we A lot of us do it unconsciously, but I don't know if you've, I'm pretty sure you've experienced this where you have this huge problem or something that you're thinking about and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my gosh. Oh, totally. Like, I have an aha moment or you have the answer to that thing or you have clarity around that thing yep. because subconsciously you 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 probably did ask yourself the question in the brain language and you woke up in the morning with it. So same thing. So I often say, say your affirmations the night before. When you wake up in the morning, you're a little bit more in alignment with your intentions for the person, for the dreams that you were working on and the dreams that you're working towards. So affirmations are powerful. So I often encourage people to... Um, to have some, to have different ones for different parts of your life, depending on what area of your life you want to focus on. I find affirmations are hugely important. Yeah, like, they definitely, are. Definitely, like I've I've noticed like a difference in my life since I've started using affirmations. So yeah. I think that they are really, really important. So. I call it like the most powerful um, um, Fenty highlighter you can have. <laughs> I love that because <laughs> it can also boost your your, your confidence and totally. your inner glow, right? Yeah, so, yeah. absolutely, a hundred percent. So. <clears throat> I wanted to ask you about common mental blocks you see or things that really hold people back. Like, are there a few that you see that are like patterns almost? Funny enough, when, when I do one of the programs that we do, it's called the Elephant Stories Masterclass, which takes a look at addressing the elephant in the room. Like, what is that thing that's holding you back? And when we do that, everything always comes back to this one thing, which I'm surprised, but I'm not. And I am not dash enough. I am not good enough. I am not worth it. I am not smart enough. I am not like the I am not enough narrative. I find it one. It's one that comes up a lot. So that is the number one biggest mental block that I find that comes up with a lot of the clients that I work with. Um, and again, usually it's coming from an elephant story. Um, our, our brain is a meaning seeking machine, meaning that because your brain is designed to keep you safe, it takes its job very seriously. So every time we enter a room or we're going to a new space, it scans the environment to make sure that it's safe. Is it safe enough for Carlin to come here? But most importantly, is it safe enough for Carlin to show up as her most powerful self? And if it's not, meaning that I see people I don't know or the nonverbal, you know, we call it energy. You can feel the energy, right? Because we have the ability to do that. You feel something's a little bit off. Your brain will go into protective mode and it will immediately tell you a story. Oh, I don't think you should have come. Maybe it's not a good idea, et cetera, et cetera. And then we take an action based on that. So the I am not enough usually is coming from a story that we've told ourselves about ourselves. It could come from your childhood. It could come from... Um, societal programming it could come from your own perception which again might be incorrect so i often tell clients don't believe anything your mind tells you because your brain is doing its job your job is to make sure that you are in alignment with the life that you're creating that dream that you have that legacy that you're building so always take a look at is this in alignment with the with the life that i'm creating or the life that i would that i want and if the answer is no Again, create a new affirmation that can replace that. But I often say, in order for that affirmation to resonate with you on that deeper soul core level, um, take a look at where is that story coming from? So that, that narrative behind the I am not good enough or I am not whatever it is, where is that coming from? Are you now re re reliving a story from when you were in school and your teacher or said something or somebody picked on you, um, et cetera, et cetera? Because sometimes our elephant story, and elephant stories are stories that are shame-based, they're fear-based. Uh, there are stories that often, um, it's likened to the elephant in the room idiom, 
that thing that you know you never really dealt with, that skeleton you have in your closet. And when we are strong enough, it shows up. But often, what do we do when that story shows up? We think that we did something bad or, oh my gosh, we thought we were so much more advanced and we thought we already dealt with this. But I often offer people this reframe and I, I tell them, think of it as this is the most appropriate time for it to come up because you're strong enough to deal with it. You have all the resources, you have the support systems in place. So it's showing up because of that. So take that narrative and now replace it with an affirmation that can now replace that other one so that you can keep on moving because when we believe our thoughts we end up staying stuck in the past so give me is so let, let's talk about a really specific example so say for example someone is thinking i'm not smart enough right um what would be an affirmation that you would give them or like what would you say to someone who has that like elephant thought well well that elephant story i would have to have more information in terms of where that's coming from okay and then i would tell the person so let's say that it's coming from um you know your 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 teacher said something right. because somebody in class answered before you and they're like oh yes you, um, you know janice didn't answer it fast enough because she's not smart enough then i would say to write a letter to that teacher right saying when you said x this is how it made me feel and so i i powerful. am smart yeah because when you take the the narrative or the 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 memory and the brain has this leaky buckets i call it the leaky bucket syndrome meaning that we don't remember things as is we remember things based on what we're setting up to do right right? or the story that we want to tell so which means that there we omit a lot of things we leave a lot of things out so to the best of your ability write a letter or note to that person and then i say write a letter to your inner child at that time so so what would you like to tell her what would you like to say right um what does she need right now does she need a hug does she need you to tell her that i see you and you're smart enough and you are good enough you are brilliant and here here are all the things that you have done so it's like having this inner dialogue with yourself and then choosing the words that matter to you the most the words that are based on your value system your belief system and words that will resonate with you on the core level that is amazing. Like, yeah. I think it can be so powerful, too. It is. It is. Because I had to do that to my inner child. Yeah. And that was how I was able to bring all of her to the table. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because the, the elephant in the room in our lives, that shame story, that right. thing that we have been through, that thing that is, like, constantly eating away at our worth, it shows up every single day. Because... Um, Every single time we take a step further towards our whole brilliant worthy self, it will come up to remind us that, hey, don't forget, remember? Here's all the mess you made in the past or all the things that you did. The brain has good intentions, but it's important that we don't believe that, but we continue with the narrative of who we are becoming. Yeah. Right. And we continue to build in that future self. So with the success planner, that was all the different practices in there. It was actually to help people to create that future self. Right. Um, It's to create, because for me right now, Carlin, I'm 42. I have 42 years of my past like living that life. Like I'm good at it. I'm great at it because I've done this for 42 years. But for the next year, right? Not even the next 40 years, but for the next year, I want to take that version of myself and go to the highest version of me possible. Right. I don't fully know what that looked like, but based on the inspiration around me and people I've met and the legacy that I want to leave behind, I am now going to create her. I'm going to build her every day. So that means every single day I have to start modeling her behavior, but I have to take the time to define her. I have to take the time to craft what would her vision board. So that's where vision boarding, you know, comes in. Right. But I often 
coach clients or, or tell people to, before you create a vision board, reconcile the past versions of yourself first. Yeah. So then you know where you're starting off from yeah. and that will increase your success chance. And then manifestation and that law of attraction, all those things that people talk about, it becomes that much easier for you. I love that. I have so many follow-up <laughs> questions. Oh my gosh, like so many. But first, I think what we can get into is mm-hmm. you talk about like childhood, difficult childhoods. And like I obviously did my research and I saw that you're a child sexual abuse survivor, which is like it's insane and obviously there was I'm sure so much trauma that Mm -hmm. came from that and Mm -hmm. what I want to ask you is like how what did you rather do to recover from that so you didn't just throw yourself into the cycle of victimhood which I think is just so it's so easy when you've gone through Mm -hmm. something difficult oh yeah and and I did throw myself in the cycle of victimhood because society tells us that what happens to us is our fault yes right oh my gosh yes right we don't talk about it so shame thrives in silence secrecy and judgment when it comes to sexual violence against women and children, what is the number one thing that happens, right? Or what did you do? What were you wearing? Like, um, so, so, so there's this victim shaming and blaming that happens in society that even when you go through it, you don't know where to turn or who to talk to. So the first couple of years, I just stayed silent and I just internalized it. And that shame internally, it literally turns into mold. And now you create this, this whole poisonous um, uh, narrative about who you are because you don't have anywhere to place it. And that's the thing with emotions. Um, shame as an emotion, it's powerful. But if you understand it, its role, you don't get sucked into it and you don't let shame tell you who you are because shame has one narrative and it's that you're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You're not good enough. Um, so for me, so for years, that was the narrative. I'm not good enough. Um, even for dreaming as well. Like I often, t- I often say people tell, you know, young girls, be all that you can be, or let's talk about women empowerment. But I'm like, you can't talk about f- true empowerment of women and girls um, if we don't address the biggest elephant in the room that takes away our right to dream which is sexual violence against physical violence, any sort of violence against against women and, and, and children. Um, because when you are fighting for survival to just make one day, there, there's no capacity to dream. There's no space to dream because you're just trying to get through that one day without throwing yourself under the bus. So for me, before I got out of victimhood, I victimhood and I were best friends because that's what I knew. And when you have worn the clothes of victimhood for so long, you start convincing yourself that you look good in it because you actually do survive. You actually do have a life. You get by. You're okay, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you okay on functioning depression. You're okay with toxic thoughts and behavior and all the things that don't serve you. So for me, when I started getting out of this, I think the first person I saw who told this story was Oprah. And that's why I have such a huge connection to her because I didn't have, because we don't talk about it so much, I didn't have a possibility model of what my life can look like post sexual trauma right and that is the power of having a a virtual mentor and I call her my virtual mentor I call her my best friend I call her my auntie I call her my mom all the things um but I remember when she shared her story on her show I was blown away first of all I was like why is she talking about this this is so rude you can't talk about this this is not right and it made me very uncomfortable and that is the thing that I learned your authenticity when you speak up and you 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 talk your truth or you tell your truth your authenticity will offend some people 
because it means that they're struggling to own a part of the story and they're seeing that story reflected in you. And here they are struggling to heal and struggling to show up and, and show up fully in their lives and they can't because it's hard. It's not easy. Transformation isn't easy. Um, and then that person is out there talking about it. So for anybody who's listening who you felt like you want to tell your truth of, you've told your truth and people have walked away from you, it's okay. Just know that they're on their own healing journey and you're not responsible for how they heal or at what point they heal. But your role is to inspire others by, by telling your truth and owning your story and doing this in the way that feels like the most authentic to you. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw Oprah, that's what happened. And I, I actually got really mad at how I stopped. I didn't watch a show because I was so offended. I was just like, how dare her? She thinks it's easy and now she's talking about her story and all the things. <laughs> and then I discovered the work of Dr. Brené Brown who's a shame and, 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 and vulnerability researcher and her work on I shame. I love her. Right? She's, she's amazing. Isn't she amazing? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. felt the book that she wrote, um, Gifts of Imperfection. I've not read that one. Oh my God, you need to. I felt yeah? like she was a fly on the wall in my life. I felt like she wrote this book for me. I have to read it. Yeah, like it's so, so powerful. And what I learned about shame and what I learned about vulnerability from her book, and I've been doing a bunch of different work in the background, but I've never really brought all of myself to the table. I I would say between Oprah, um, Napoleon Hill, and Brené Brown, they literally changed my life because... I started putting into practice some of the things that I'm learning from them. I started understanding what does shame feel like? And that's how actually Sister Talk started. When I moved to Toronto in 2003, I didn't really have community. I didn't know anyone. Um, and I moved when I was 25, so I was already an adult. And no one tells you how hard it is to make friends as an adult. Um, <laughs> and um, I met some women during my work and stuff like that. And I'm like, and a lot of the, you know, lean-in groups and women's networking groups, I didn't feel like it w- I was safe enough for me to have a conversation that went beyond the networking and you title what do you do um oh and and how long have you been at this company Mm -hmm. like I wanted deeper more meaningful conversations so I invited a few girls over and I said let's have a girls night and when they came over I'm like how do you how do you deal with shame how do you deal with the difficult emotions the things that get in the way when you want to raise your hand and ask for more money there's that little voice that's like oh who do you think you have put your hands down quiet you should be so grateful you got a job and do you notice it's more so with women oh yes because I see like my like I've seen my fiance negotiate for money and I'm just like blown away like just fearless and I'm just like how because part of it is the conditioning so and that's one thing we disrupt in our elephant stories leadership masterclass we take a look at and and the framework that we use to help people to examine and disrupt the unconscious intersectionality bias is called the spec framework and spec stands for societal programming and conditioning peace for perception ease for experiential and c is culture and family programming so when the narratives or the resistance comes up, because the brain is a meaning-seeking machine, it means that your brain is making an assessment or, or um, it's giving you a response or a narrative based on a set point in your life. So going back to what you just said, conditioning around us women, you're not supposed to negotiate. We, have to, we are supposed to do, and I learned this from Brene Brown. She calls it the three Ps. She said we are supposed to perform, perfect, and please. Anytime we are moving away from those three set points, then you have this cognitive dissonance and your brain is just like, okay, something's off. What's going on? How dare you negotiate? You should just be pleasing and performing and perfecting. Like you're good. You're okay. Women are not even supposed to make more money than men anyway. So you need to stay in your lane and stay there. So you have to like reset everything. You have to reset your belief system. You have to reset 
um, the story that you're telling yourself about yourself. And when I started putting the work of Brené Brown and Oprah and I invited the girls over, that's what we started doing. Um, I, when I read her book, I was like, oh, so shame is an emotion and emotions, it's in the body. It's not a fact. Emotions are data. Hmm, interesting. And I started deconstructing, right? What is, what is shame reside in my body, Carla? What does it come up here? Okay, now it's here. It's in my stomach. It's in my throat. What does that look like if I now want to speak from a place of love and hope? Because my values, these were my values, but I wasn't living by my values. I was living from my shame and all the unpleasant emotions because no one taught me yeah. that I had a right to upgrade my belief system based on the life that I'm creating for myself. So Sister Talk, which was, well, it was supposed to be a, one, a girl's night. And at the end of the night, Everyone was like, this is amazing. Can I come back? Can we have another circle? I had about 15 women who showed up and we talked about shame and I shared whatever research that I was going through at the time and how I um, understood it. Um, you talk about how did I come out of victimhood? I created, um, it's called 21 Days of Self-Love. I created a self-love program. I started from, but who are you? Without the stories, without the narratives, who are you at the core of your heart? Um, and every day we go through a different part about like what is forgiveness? What is shame? How do you forgive yourself? Um, et cetera, et cetera. And between that and the women's group, so we had the group was about for two years. And during that time, we went through all Brené Brown's research. I devoured it. I shared it with everyone. I told everyone to watch her TED Talk. I told everyone to go buy her book. I was almost like an unofficial PR agent here in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then own TV, so a tweet. Um, so it's been a very interesting journey in the sense that Oprah was the first person who showed me that, it, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, no matter how traumatic your childhood was or has been. Um, and to to share my story on her network, because uh, that's the first time I shared my elephant story, my experiential elephant story of child sexual abuse was actually on Own Canada. And then um, to share the story of the uh, going beyond that trauma, going beyond healing and, and, and creating a narrative of, of hope and possibility and dreaming bigger than you've ever dreamed ever in your life before. We appeared on Oprah's live class because at that time, because I was talking about Brené so much, I didn't talk much about the group online because it was a private group. Women were also sharing their own elephant stories, trauma from their childhood, their dad, their parent, like all the things that we women have been taught to hold because it's not cool or it's not cute for us to talk about our pain when what makes us really resilient and strong and confident is the fact that we have been through this and we have survived and not just survived we have thrived because of it so um that's how we ended up being and we got an invite we, i actually got a dm from a producer on own tv and they said for oprah's live class they're thinking about bringing Brené brown on and they're do, they were doing market survey research mm -hmm. and they asked me um what do i think of her and i'm just like I'm How much time too. do you have? <laughs> She's my best friend. She doesn't know it. So I went to town and I told them how incredible Brené is and how much she's changed my life. And actually the women's group that we have, every single woman has seen major transformation in their lives because of her work and the circle that we created. And they were very fascinated by it and they invited us in. And long story short, we run over life class three times. And um, this is how Sister Talk started so I call myself an accidental entrepreneur an accidental all the things that have happened in my life because I didn't choose it it chose me yeah um and um right now so that was about seven years ago yeah we have run a couple of more circles we have held three sister talk leadership uh summits transformational summits and um, the last one was in 2016 which was also the time I decided to my biggest dream is to 
do more of that work. So I left the bank because I was doing all of this while I was still working at the bank. I spent about Whoa. 22 years working for corporate, um, nine in the Caribbean and about, what is that, 13, four, 16, no, 15, 14, 14 up here, 13, 14 up here. And um, that led me to, uh, we put I put everything on hold because I just needed to sit with, because it has been a wild five, seven years ever since we appeared on Oprah. And for the past three years, I've just been taking a look at, okay, what is my life work? What does that look like? And how do I uh, create a platform where I can not only transform lives, but give women the tools so mm -hmm. I, can, I can literally work myself out of a job. Um, so for us with Sister Talk, what we're doing next is launching our certification program next year. Everything that I've learned so far from emotional intelligence, the elephant stories framework that I designed, um, the science of neuroplasticity, the science of ego, self, all of this. Uh, we're teaching women now to run their own circles because I have seen how powerful it is. Yeah. Um, and I want more women to take ownership of, of the future and their dreams and to create a life that they've always dreamed of. I mean, the fact that it helped you like get out of this like terrible cycle of victimhood, like it just shows like the, the power, like also like a support group has almost, you yeah. know, and just oh, like yeah. being able to like grow together and, you know, accountability and all this sort of thing. And I hold think space awesome. for each other as well. Yeah, it's absolutely. so powerful. Vulnerability is such a beautiful gift. And um, it was so interesting to to notice how uncomfortable it was to hold space for others. But it was also the most powerful gift that mm -hmm. I got from hosting the circle for so many years. Amazing. Well. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. So, oh, my gosh. I, again, <laughs> like so many questions. Oh, my God. OK, so. Let's shift gears a little bit. I wanted to talk because since you were at the bank while doing all of this, I want to talk to you about, I guess, like by now, like what you've learned about work-life balance and like mm. if it's possible to prevent burnout, if it's oh possible boy. to recover from burnout, because so many people are doing all of the things, yes. you know, and yeah. I feel like burnout is just uh, like too common in our vocabulary now it is it is it is possible to recover i would say it's also re possible for us to not get there but you have to be conscious in your life you have to be aware of what your body's telling you and for right. me i was so disconnected from my body for all those years that when burnout happened like it took me flat out i i, I honestly i called it like functioning depression because you can't go on, but you push yourself to go on mm -hmm. and you put yourself to the limits, which is unfortunate because now we're adding more stress to our bodies yeah. as well. Uh, so, yeah, so I did s struggle, suffer with burnout. I had panic attacks at work. You'd think that would be an indication, but I always say our body sends us little notifications uh, in form of a pebble to mm -hmm. tell us that, hey, something's off, slow down. Hey, you probably need to like take and a few days off. And you just like brush it under the rug and you're just like, whatever, like. Exactly, just because we got stuff to do, yeah, right? Yeah. And also we are in a hustle culture as well which totally. is totally so it, and it also goes against our own divine feminine energy because if you think about the woman and how we're designed we can actually manifest our lives we're actually supposed to be working half as much as we're working right now because rest mm -hmm. is also work um taking time off from your phone from your regular to do is actually work and, and i say work in the sense that because when you are rested and you are connected to your source, to your inner power, to your body, to your ability to tap into your emotions, to tap into your um, your higher self, 
you're actually able to visualize and you're actually able to manifest because manifestation is yes it's an action but it starts with your intention and intention needs clarity and clarity need you to know what's going on here and what's getting in the way because once you are able to identify that you can now put strategies in place for you to now be in alignment with your dreams and your goals and your most highest self so for me yes I ignored all the panic attacks and all the things until I had to go to my our employee assistant line to get some help I had to change my diet um, because I really did not want to end up in the hospital which I know unfortunately a lot of people do um, so what I would say for um, everyone is pay as much attention um, to your well-being mental emotional physical spiritual not just one thing not just oh I'm gonna have smoothies every day that's 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 not enough but really pay attention to your mental and your emotional health or your spiritual health like what do you need the most right now I think the most powerful thing we can do for ourselves as women is to learn to tap into your inner source and understand what you need right now in the moment because there are days and I call them, for me now I call them unfolding days and it's been about three years since I left corporate and I'm still unlearning the go 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 mindset that I that I inherited on Bay Street because and also I've been perfecting it for 20 something years so so it's ingrained in me, but because the brain is plastic, we can unlearn unproductive behaviors and we can reprogram our minds for the ones that will serve us in the long run. So which means you can program your mind for healthier habits and for healthier intentions. So I had to unlearn. I had to, to like, there are times I remember I would go downtown for meetings and I'll be like, okay, I'll leave my laptop at home. And I legit had panic attacks. I'd be like, but, but. You, what if what if you have to answer an email? What if you have to work, right? It's again the stories we tell ourselves. It's ridiculous. So one of the things I did was to create a mantra for my new work self in terms of as I enter my business. That's why I say resting is work. If I rest and um. I have an intention oh I forgot to send an email I would just visualize myself sending the, the person the email and I would say I will do this at x time and I go back into my resting place whether I'm coloring or I'm listening to something or I'm just sitting there doing nothing um so so again I think we need to the only way for us to break up the burnout culture is for each and every one of us to start being more intentional with our time and how we work and also share that share how you are unpacking how you de-stressing so that that becomes the norm versus the culture culture work hard go hard um that is currently out there i love that yeah. so like you talk about you know getting in touch with yourself and taking that time to like rest so like what are like actionable recommendations that you have in order to do that like do you put your phone away like how oh, yeah. do you how do you like do that like actionably so I, I I try to go across the wellness wheel like I said not so it's not just one dimensional so right. um, even in the success planner we have 32 self-care activities for people to do and that can be from a yes um, going for a walk in nature like disconnecting from technology for a day. It could be cooking yourself a meal, right? Um, paying attention to what you eat. So you're having this from, not I call it farm to table, but like choose foods that nourish your brain and nourish your body and cook it and cook it with love and intention. So when you're eating that, you're actually, it's like you're eating self-love as well because you're so present with feeding your body and feeding yourself. And also by doing that, you're also feeding your emotional self and your spiritual self as well. Um, working out is also extremely important. Going for walks moving our bodies we're not meant to sit still for too long but a lot of us forget how important physical activity is um, I also journal um, writing when we 
when we the brain is not designed for you to hold things in um like we talked earlier when you hold that 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 negative emotion or that unpleasant emotion inside it festers and pretty soon you know my husband breathes too hard and he's annoying me he didn't say anything but because it's already in their fester and i'm just like why are you breathing so hard can you stop breathing like you are just pissing me right now pissing me off right now mm -hmm. like anything can set us off right yeah. so floss in your mind the same way you floss and you brush your teeth every day same thing for your mind what's on your mind what's on your chest what's on your your heart what is something that you need to take care of um and also simple things like drinking enough water your brain is 70 to 80 percent water the research shows that when we're dehydrated we actually lose attention and focus which means that we put ourselves at risk right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Drinking enough water is important. Um, mindful minute breathing. When we're stressed, we actually stop doing deep belly breathing. We do shallow breathing, which means that you're not getting enough oxygen to all the key and important parts. So just different, there are different things. So I always encourage people to um, have create your self-care kit yeah. and just have different things in there. So um, and, and think about the different types of, of wellness or well-being, spiritual, mental, physical, um, setting boundaries is also a huge form of self-care that we don't talk enough about yeah right are you allowing people to drain your energy who are the energy drainers and energy mongers in your life how can you limit the time that you spend with them and how do you prevent them from always dumping on you because people treat us based on how we teach them or what we allow right? Right, right so you have to understand what do i need the most in this moment and i also i also encourage everyone to create self-care for every season as well because we need different things in different seasons. Absolutely. Sometimes I'm like a nature. I like I, I I need solitude. I need this. Other times I want connection. But I'm very intentional with the people I allow around me because I don't want people to take my totally. energy. So I have to protect that. Yeah. So you've talked about the success planner. Tell everyone what it is. So it's actually so, and I'm pretty sure everything we've talked about it's a lot, right? Yeah. Can you imagine for you to affirmations? Create a self-care plan, write your vision, your intentions and manifest and allow the neurons in your brain to work in your behalf. Have a vision board, a vision statement. So the success planner is actually all of that. You're actually able to create your own reality for your future self by using um, a success plan. It's 12 months, 52 weeks. You have 365 days for you to actually create the life of your dreams. So in the planner, it starts off by asking you what's your theme word for the year. Um, think of it as your compass for you to always go back there and, and, and root it. So my word for the year was abundance. So everything that I do, everything I say, every action I take, I'm like, is it rooted in abundance, Carlin? Where is it coming from? Is it coming I from love that place? That. Of, yeah. So and, and then you have to write why you're choosing that word, because there's a part of the brain. I don't know if you know the research from Simon Sinek. Uh -uh. He talks about the power of why. So there's a part of your brain that is actually wired for purpose and meaning. So when you clearly identify your why again, it increases your ability for you to stay in, in, in alignment with that particular intention. So writing out your why is extremely important and we have a section in there for you to write out your why every single month. So if your goal for the month is to, I don't know, increase um, um, capacity for rest, then what is your why? Because I want to be healthy. I want to be able to, to, to give my best, to do my best. And then in there, you have a bold ask in terms of who will you ask for help? Who is that person who's going to help you? Who's your accountability partner? And we also have an affirmation to support that intention. Again, being very, very clear and intentional about everything that you create in your life. And then there's a permission slip and also a commitment statement so you can commit to that particular goal. So we have created a system taking the science around human behavior, the science around emotional intelligence, self-awareness, the power of habits. There's a habit tracker in there as well. We made drinking water, loving kindness affirmation, breathing, 
uh, mandatory because the research shows that if you do those things consistently, it's like going to the gym. It's like yoga for your brain. And we want women to have, uh, we want people to have healthier brains. Mm -hmm. So the habit track is designed to do that. So you don't have to think about, am I using the latest research to create my life? We got you. So oh, that's what I, the success plan everyone is all about. needs a success <laughs> planner. I certainly need it. So yes. since it is for the whole year and the yeah. new year is right around the corner, um, I wanted to ask if you could offer like like what is your biggest tip to someone who is looking to make 2020 their most successful year yet? The biggest tip I would say start with where you are with what you have. And start by actually uh, doing a reflection of this year. Like right. put it on paper, not your brain. Again, your brain does not have the capacity to remember things as it as it should. Mm -hmm. So paper is so important. And also when you put things on paper, you create space for more clarity. You create space for more capacity for you to dream bigger. Because now you've taken stuff from here and it's here. So now you have that ability for you to go as high as you want to go in terms of your life and the goals that you want to set for yourself. So do a do a review. Do a review of your, what did you learn? What was your biggest lesson? Uh, what are some of your... your wins what went right this year there are more things that went right than things that went wrong because the brain has a negativity bias is designed to look for oh well here are all the things you didn't do this year and that's its job so thank it for doing its job but then you make an account of all the things that you accomplished this year take a moment to write it down and when you do that to you deposit that into your confidence bank account because the brain sees um positive um, um positive things as um it's, it acts like teflon it doesn't register it it only cares about stamping the negative things because it, it, it needs to keep you safe. So it's looking for what, where are the potholes, where are the danger zones, and these are the things that remember. You have to remind it, oh, and here are also all the other things I did. I know we saw a pothole here, but I went over it and I was successful. So I want to go over a bigger pothole, quote unquote, next year. So this is the power of reflection. It allows you to reconcile all the different parts of yourself, the different parts of your life, and it gives you clarity on what matters the most to you so that next year, then you can now set intentions. You can set goals on the five areas that I mentioned about and um, create a legacy uh, that you'll be proud of. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So last question is morning routine. So I'm always really curious about morning routines. I'm big on morning routines. Yes. So I was wondering, do you have one that really sets you up for success during the day? Yes, absolutely. So I often tell my clients morning routines are set up from the night before. So always set your morning routine from the night up. And by that, I mean, yes, know what your morning routine is, but you actually reflect on it before you go to bed. Again, think of those neurons as little your virtual assistants in your brain working on your behalf. So my morning routine, usually I wake up, I have my apple cider vinegar water. I look at my success planner. I look at my vision statement or I do my gratitude. I read, I often feed my soul, my brain. So I read something inspirational um, and I listen to something inspirational as well. I'm not as consistent with my uh, meditation, but I do deep breathing and I do stretching. So these are the key things that I do first um, and um, ground myself in that and then visualize my future self. So if I have an intention for something that I want to call into the present, I either do my happy dance or I do my, I might have a special song for it, depending on where I'm at, I do that. Um, and then I start my day. 
Amazing. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What's your favorite thing that you do in the morning? Um, so I have apple cider vinegar as well. <laughs> like lemon. It's like such a nice way to start the yeah. morning. Um, I like my non-negotiable. The biggest one that never goes is gratitude journaling. Yes. And then I do three pages. I read um okay. the artist's way. Yeah, the artist's way. Yeah. I loved that yeah. book, and I just I found so like uh, guys, if you've not heard of the artist's way, but it's yeah. basically like you essentially you have to write three pages. It has to be three can't be any more can't be any less it has to be like just like um it's like word vomit. Dump. yeah it's like yeah. a brain dump exactly yeah. so yeah. like whatever is in your mind it can be like oh i don't know what to write i don't know what to yeah. write it can be yeah. anything doesn't have to make yeah. sense um it's like a brain dump and you just write it so i do that and my gratitude journaling those are like the two big yeah. ones absolute yeah. non-negotiables then after that i have like affirmations that i like to say i'm actually going to try to do it at night instead do it um, at nights as, as well yeah as oh, well both okay, yeah both okay. yeah because it's about priming because when you do that what you do is that you say your brain your mental agility your ability yeah. to now switch from um unconscious negative unconscious behavioral patterns you'll be able to recognize it faster so your self-awareness increases you're able to identify when your mood swings like when something's like where am i wh why am i feeling a little bit uh, how my posture change interesting what happened because on, on, on subconsciously you might be thinking about something that's not very productive or that's not in alignment with the thing that you're focusing on at the moment so i have a question about affirmations um if like say for example you write affirmation like oh i am i am loved right but what about writing an affirmation as the person you wish to be yeah does that make sense yeah like, yeah can you, you can do both you can do oh both. yes okay. you can do both and i tell people to try different things that will work for you and right. the brain also receives information through all five senses so i yeah. also encourage clients when you're doing your affirmation another thing that i do i either light and i do that at night to cleanse the energy when i'm out all day i either light a palo santo stick or i love um incense i have my incense so scent is very important for me so i also use scent as well as a way to communicate to my soul what matters to me the most so i would say when you do your affirmation right light a candle or light an incense stick or something yeah. as well use different modalities don't only use we have more receptors for vision to see right so we we uh, and, and to use our voice as well so i find that's usually our default yeah but i often say five senses taste touch smell right feel touch i said touch yeah <laughs> um so use all five senses when you're doing your affirmations or when you're reviewing your vision board or um when you're um setting your intentions for the day ahead and the other thing that i like to say is that um triggers are teachers uh triggers are just here to teach us uh, what we need to learn so if you feel yourself a little bit triggered or something feel like it's not resonating just sit with it journal it or ask hmm, interesting um that i feel this way i wonder where that is coming from right. so get curious the biggest tool that you can use in terms of creating dreaming bigger or creating the life that you love is use curiosity um i know sometimes the default for us we've been conditioned to self-blame or to think of oh well what is wrong with me um we need to switch that mindset and, and that's like where the growth mindset comes in i call it the warrior mindset to what is what is right with me and oh interesting this is coming up right now hmm so now i'm strong enough to deal with x or i'm powerful enough to deal with x um no matter how unpleasant it is because things happen for us and not to us because if something happened just like the whole child sexual abuse thing in the beginning when i was in my victim mindset i thought like why me why yeah. me oh. i spent so many years asking why me and i don't want any more lessons universe and i'm done i'm okay i don't blah 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 like i spent so much time in that space and and that's okay because 
I did the best I could based on the resources I had at the totally, time, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but now that I know better when the victim mindset comes up, because it does come up, the, the, the gremlins still show up, right? Because we're human. Yeah. Um, so now, but I, now I know how to deal with them. I don't, I don't, I don't rush them off. I don't go, why me or any of this? I'm just like, interesting. Um, if you're here, what are you here to tell me? What, what's going on? Uh, like, oh, I use curiosity. I'm like, all right, I guess we're about to go on a joyride over here, right? <laughs> but if I don't have enough capacity, let's say it's a tough week, right? and I'm tired and my resources are depleted and all I can do is just sit with my gremlins and we're just going to hang. We're just going to hang. That's it. We're going to throw a pity party. Yeah. We're going to hang out. But with all parties, it needs to be an ending. So yeah. one of the, <laughs> so in the permission slip, in the success planner, we also have other tools online for people to use. Write yourself a permission slip. I give myself permission to sulk, to sit with my emotions. So allow it to teach me um, from 8 a.m. until 5 p.m. Not showering, not drinking water. I'm, I'm doing nothing. I'm, I'm doing whatever I want to do. So I call these days unfolding days. We need to give ourselves permission to have more unfolding days. Meaning that you don't know how the day is going to go. You don't know where it's going to end. You just know that you woke up and you're feeling a bit mm, off. Allow yourself to discover what that off is. Give yourself permission to do that. It's so true, though. Like, I, you don't even think of these things but it's so true like you don't always wake up and you're on like you no. have off days and no. like you have to give yourself permission to do that you're human you're not a robot yeah. and anyone who tells you like oh my gosh just out of affirmation your way through it run away from them because they're not <laughs> no i'm serious because i i think especially if Inst- i love instagram is great but sometimes we can get caught up in the positive quotes and affirmation world Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really make sense because it's not logical yeah right because we're human beings and we're so um diverse and we have all these different experiences that courses through us and no one taught us about emotional intelligence growing up as kids so we're now learning this as adults if at the end of every experience what we create is an emotion if the ability to manifest is rooted in emotions emotions is the power that can fuel your ability to attract the life that you want why aren't we taught this yeah. Why, why are we all like emotionally constipated? Why are we all walking through life? We don't even fully know what we feel. Yeah. So for me, adulthood is a time for you to unfold in yourself and discover more who you are. Date you. Get to know you. Yeah. This is the time for you to do that. Oh, my gosh. So many words of wisdom. <laughs> Guys, go get the success planner. Okay, yeah. Carlin, tell everyone where they can find you. So you can find me on Instagram. I'm the most active on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So you can um, follow me there. Uh, my website, uh, on my bio, there's also a link as well. Mm-hmm. And we should also do a giveaway of the success planner. Yeah, actually, wh- yeah. how would you want to do it? Like, Maybe who wants to share the elephant store? I don't know. Oh, the big, okay, no, no, no. Why about we do this? What is your big dream for 2020? Maybe we can do a post and people can comment and then we can. I love that. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. guys. So comment what your big dream is for 2020. I'll put up like an Instagram post or I'll, I'll put the instructions on yes. the show notes and then we can give away a success planner. Yay. Yay. And then we'll have a special code for everyone um, from the Dream Bigger. Because actually my big theme for 2020 is Dream Bigger. Oh, well, Unleash look at that. your bold <laughs> life. I know, I'm on a Dream Bigger podcast. Like how cool is that? Unleash oh, your bold life. And we'll be going all across North America. So stay tuned for the cities. We're going to have a few events here in Toronto. I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm going to the U.S. as well. Um, So we're going to take the show on the road. I'm so excited. Amazing. Thank you so much, Carlin. Thank you.